drank the dark clouds deeper And ran the wild moon hunting Alive with fur and feather As omen apparition We left the moon suspended And leapt back onto the ground Hello and welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast This is episode 39 And um, we are in a lovely, humid and hot, old Queenslander-style bedroom in a house that is built on Yagara, Jagara and Turrbal country where the Marawa River wraps and undulates around us and we are on the south side but also the west end of that and it is sometimes called, this region is called Kurilpa and I acknowledge that this land is stolen land, stolen by the British and still under the British crown and that it is unceded, it wasn't given up and it belongs to and belongs with and is of the Yagara Jagara and Turrbal people. And I also think of the Kwandamuka people into the east from where I am and Minjuraba and all the islands, the sand islands around me. I feel so blessed to be here. I feel that now that I have been back in this land, um, in this country for two years, I feel like I'm finally like, not finally, but like, I feel like I am here and I can, I'm I'm attuned and I want to honor the elders past, present and emerging and the spirits of the land that I'm listening to and attempting to center and or pay attention to rather they are the center i don't have to center them they i just have to bring them into my attention so i'm thinking of that i'm feeling into that and i acknowledge that this is aboriginal country always was and always will be hi brody ann hello love thank you for that it's okay it's lovely to see your gorgeous face thanks it's, <laughs> I feel like once I enter this room, my energy level like almost, it doesn't drop, but it like slides. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting space. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I also feel like it's in another world. Yeah. Like once that door closes. It's totally like, different space. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for those of us, who are, of us who are listening, so you would have heard the last two episodes, which were with, with the lovely Andrea and the lovely Sophia Boan, um, you would have heard maybe a difference. I don't know. I actually don't know. Maybe trained musicians or sound therapists would have, but we're in a different space. We're in a yeah. different recording space. Um, I just looked over at the the lovely Briz podcast hub where we record. So shout out to Ash and Briz podcast hub. And it says, hashtag, what the fuck is happening? Um, which, you know, actually right now, I don't feel that way so much, like post the US election. Yeah, so to all of our friends in the States, to all of our listeners, um, I'm sure you felt everyone in the world was watching as well. But for us here in Australia, we were watching very closely and worrying about the election and worrying about you guys. And mm-hmm. obviously things are still up in the air till January, but I definitely feel um, I'm very excited uh, for you guys mm-hmm. um, and hopeful for the future. So there isn't that yeah. same intensity, um, I guess. But I'm reminded of a reading that we did um, mm-hmm. early this year, which when like after the pandemic kind of was already here. And I remember that in that reading, same as many people who've been doing readings at the end of the year was things like the sun and mm-hmm. like, and like cards, like the sun and, yep. and cards like the chariot yep. and it had changed. So, you know, kudos to tarot readers for being more correct about things than polls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, still we like there's, it's, it's not like the pandemic has left. Um, it's in, you know, we must remain diligent and mindful. Like just today I was in a bus. Um, and it felt like a fucking long bus drive. I'll tell you, I was coming back from the chiropractor and I was coming from the North side of the river to the South side of the river. And there were these two people and they got on and and they sat in front of me and they were just coughing everywhere. And I was just like, and currently in Brisbane, we have no evidence of community transmission, but I was like, 
fuck off. Like, <laughs> like, get away from me. And they weren't, I will say this, they looked like healthy young people. Yeah. So I, I'm, they weren't like homeless they still be carriers or, or older people. But what I mean is like I would have been much more allowing oh, yes. if, if it was like someone who was marginalised. Had other problems <laughs> going on besides and, masks yeah, exactly. and distance. And, and I was yeah. like, you two. And not be it's on. always here when they've got the whole rest of the fucking bus to sit yeah. on and they choose to sit. I know. Right and there were other spaces. I was like, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> anyway. And everyone in the bus with me at the, we were at the back, like we were all like shuddering and cause you know, and also it's not, you know, they probably like almost short. Well, we don't know, but like, I hope not, but in like, they probably had, didn't have COVID, but just the coughing. It's like, yeah. Hey, can you like, be aware of how that might affect a bunch of us sitting here, yeah. like our psychology <laughs> and our emotional body. Anyway, I'm complaining, blah, blah, blah. No, you're allowed. How can I have this for a second? You have a um, can you just talk for a bit? Um, <laughs> so we got in here and I I took my bra off because it was too hot and I got my fan out. Hashtag and, um, feminism. Yeah, feeling relaxed. This is kind of my Friday night. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I just had a really good day at work. So that's about it. I, um, I've been – I didn't – I haven't listened to the last couple of episodes properly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about it and I am so – like I am really excited and proud of all of the people that we interview and the mm. things we do. But I can be really critical and worry a lot about <sighs> – what I say, how things come across, um, and also about wanting to to be as open and as normal and natural on here as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> and allowing for us to be very human and to, I don't know, fuck up, say things, put, sure. put my foot in my mouth or talk about things before I, I think. Um, and also being open about that process of learning mm. and, and going, mid-sentence, not worrying about what people think in as the, you know, the flow of the, the discussion goes. Mm. What's more important is stopping and sort of explaining or apologising or working through things together. Totally. And being, and being, being seen by oneself mostly, but also the people you're engaged with as being accountable in the process of sharing words. Yeah. Like, because the fact of the matter is, there, I can't. I don't. I can't think of one person, including myself, who hasn't said something problematic, because mm. you know we are we are stewed in, or something that could be um, received in a complex way. Yeah. Because we are stewed in complexity and we are raised in an overculture and a dominant paradigm that is so racist and misogynistic and transphobic and ecocidal and um, anti-immigrant and anti-refugee and anti-homeless and, you know, and to be raised in that and to to be on, be on, to be an anti-racist or to practice that, it's, it's not like one is a perfect anything. Mm. So we're going, I've made mistakes, I've been pulled up for mistakes, I've pulled myself up for mistakes and I know that... This like this whole thing around hashtag cancel culture. Like mm. I don't have a, a a black or or black or white read on that because sometimes one does need to if one especially is from the group being actively harmed in in a situation of of speech or sharing of ideas or promulgating of bullshit. Like I can understand why some people in that moment will just turn away and walk away yeah. to say, to take care of themselves yeah. or to be like, fuck you, which is totally fine. I've done that. Yeah. Both but, responses but are valid. Exactly. And then there's also like, sometimes someone will say something and it'll be someone like I respect could, mm. could be an elder of mine, could be a family member of mine, could be a friend of mine, could be me. <laughs> um, and, and then, and then it's like, oh fuck, that's right. Maybe I didn't like, then there's that whole thing between intention and impact. Yes. So, so, so being able to clarify, oh, oh, that certainly wasn't my intention, Yes. but I do want to take. I think that's where, yeah. where I f- feel like I, I fall down sometimes mm. and that's where I'm learning. Yeah, I think it's also a pressure discern, discern. for myself, like th- throughout my life, and and as someone who's done public speaking or recording or anything like that, to be perfect yeah. and to know to to like keep the 
the art itself or the or the um, piece that we're working on as best as good as it can be mm-hmm. and uh yeah I also so just gonna... exactly right so I'm that's but I'm getting better at curse. that <laughs> and that's why the, you know part actually, real big part of why I wanted to do the podcast mm-hmm. too so it's it is that it's natural that it is us talking and uh talking in real time I'm also fighting all of my um not fi- not fighting. I don't know how to articulate this. I think that's it as well. Like I'm not as great at articulating things in the moment as you are. And I I always try and find the middle ground. Fucking right? Where I'm like, I understand you and I respect what you're saying yeah, and I you honor totally you. But I also want you to know that I know what that's like. But I can't know what that's like because I'm not exactly like yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So I, I will try and find or I'll say things that might be a smooth transition yeah. or it might be a nice way of me trying to segue into something or yeah. to bring up a topic. But that actual moment it is, was I think fucking it is, stupid. Was dumb. It's not so, stupid, but I think it's the imp- definitely the astrological impulse of a Libran energy or a Libra or a Libran dominant personality is to want to have people feel like everyone's stood. in harmony. Yes. And but the fact of the matter is there is disharmony in the yeah. world, which makes Librans go nuts. Like <laughs> and, and 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 sometimes we just have to go because you know when you're in check-in circles, and I don't know if you've had this experience, and maybe you don't have this experience, I don't know. But sometimes when like the reason that like in at least in like feminist style check in circles where where we, there's no crosstalk because mm. so everyone just says their piece because if someone says oh yes me too like da 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 that can actually be seen to be interrupting that can be seen to be delegitly delegitimizing yes but you know and it can also send some people it can reactivate some people's trauma especially if what they shared was so personal yes and it like kind of takes away from what they were saying, yeah, you know, and I, and I feel like, like, like so often in the, because you're a creative practitioner too, in creative process, we want to spill and color all our voices and energies together. And so often in creative collaboration, people are just like yelling at each other and saying shit. (laughs) And like, that's actually part of creative collaboration. And then everyone leaves and everyone's like, yay. But when you're in like a contained this is such a contained still space yeah and it's like did it did it did it like it actually is like hold silence integrate (laughs) right yeah and 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 i don't know like i've just had a lot of practice in that because of teaching yes and having and having to like not say anything because often what i've discovered most people after they share a lot of people don't want you to say anything. Mm. They want they or they want maybe something like a question, like, "Oh, when you said this, I'm wondering what you meant by that." Or, yeah. "Could you clarify this piece? I didn't fully comprehend that." Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. That people, people, I think, for myself as well, speaking for myself, I love those questions because it's like, "Thank you." That helps me unpack my own process. What I just said. Yeah. 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 Speaking of personal processes, yes. like I. Like when I visited you in the store today, I had brought up the idea of let's do of doing FAQs, yeah. which was always one of my favorite th- things when I was a little um, kid, teen, which yeah. was going to the FAQ section of the websites yes. because I loved noticing and reading how the authors of websites would articulate their responses to frequently asked questions, which okay. is what an FAQ is. I always loved that. I was like, I'm going to the FAQs because I want to see how they are. How they this. deal with these yeah. different, unpack yeah. these things. Yeah, cool. Especially because they are frequently asked questions. I Like I, you, whoever's reading the website probably has some experience with those frequently asked questions yes. or has those frequently asked questions. Yeah. So it's nice to read multiple answers. Yeah. Right. So what you work (laughs) and have worked for a long time in occult esoteric uh, metaphysical stores. Mm. So you get a lot of them. Yeah. So what are some of the ones that you notice a lot? These frequently asked questions could be about anything. Yeah. I mean, there's all the the ones we were joking about. Like when I was talking to Andrew about just then, you know, we get the, are you really a witch? Is there really magic? All of those questions. But we'll do you slap yourself in the face and go, ouch. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I'm <No>. real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the first or second time I heard it. Yeah. Now, not so much. Poke um, me, I'll bleed. Yeah. There's, especially, um, which I love a part of that, part of our job being that people come to 
visit us when they have problems of a spiritual nature or questions of a magical variety. So they might not have anyone in their family. They've got no one else to talk to. So they come in and talk to us. Um, at the moment, well, all the time, but especially the last few weeks, I've had a, quite a few people come up and sort of go, oh, I don't know um, what's happening. Like this might sound really strange, but I'm having sleep paralysis or I'm I'm seeing spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I think I've been hexed mm-hmm. is the, like, you know, up there with the most popular ones. Yeah. So people sort of work themselves up into a frenzy <laughs> for whatever reason. Sometimes real, mm. but occasionally 98% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's people freaking themselves out yeah. or putting together a, you know, a, a list of problems or troubles they have and, and uh, assigning them to a, a person that they believe has got it out for them. Sure, sure. So there might be a bit of a guilty conscience going on there (laughs) Um, or breakups, things like that. They come in a lot. So I think the one I would say is, you know, have I been hexed? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Can you tell me? Yeah, I get that a lot emailed to me, right, through my website. So when often what someone will say to me is, oh, can you, you know, they'll write their long story to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They they tell me. (laughs) And I'm like, great, okay, now I'm going to spend some time reading this. Often I actually don't because I can see sometimes by the the tenor of the email, Mm -hmm. oh, this is not for me to answer. But occasionally I take it seriously. So um, because, because curses are real sometimes. But but it's not always mine to to help. But occasionally what I will do, either if someone asks me that in, at a lecture or a workshop or like at, in a reading, is I'll say, hey, let like curses and hexes, yes, they occasionally happen. But there is a difference between the phenomenon of the evil eye and ill wishing, as you brought up mm-hmm. today, which happens fucking all the time. Yes. And all cultures acknowledge this. So, you know, this like seething, like concentrated jealousy and envy. Often it's jealousy and envy. Most cultures will ascribe it to that and how that's projected out um, often through like sugary teeth or sweet smiles um, towards like people in your family. And it's not, it's not like they want to intentionally consciously harm you, but they're for some reason jealous or envious or put or, or put out. Yeah. And so this is so common that almost every culture has a name for it in, in, in Greek culture, it's called the Mati. Um, the, the, some of, some of the Italians will call it Malocchio. I know I'm butchering many of these pronunciations, but this is some of the wordage anyway. Um, sometimes it's just called the evil eye or being looked the, over. The stank eye. Yeah. The stank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you put the stank eye on me? Like there is like street slang for this too. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I just, It's just so common that, you know, really it's a matter of psychic hygiene, brush it off, have a shower, dip your hands in some salt water and sing to yourself. Then the other thing is like often I say, hey, it's more likely if you're experiencing the, um, you know, uncanny, like that's what I say, uncanny, by by which I mean it is so like, I will only take curse stuff seriously if they can convince me of the uncanniness of it. Yes. Right. So I, I'm looking for particular signatures. For instance, like if someone had come to me and said, um, "So in the past week, I have been in a car accident. Uh, my I got, my mother got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Um, I my kid my kid had a branch fall on top of her at school. Um, then I sliced my hand open when I was making her lunch. Now I've got the flu." I would be like, huh? Yeah. So, and then I, and I still wouldn't say like, you know, that could just be a run of what we, bad luck, right? And luck force. That's also a thing that Mm. folk magicians will work with. Luck force is a really important concept. So then I go, okay, let's divine on it. So there's all these ways, you know, as professional magicians and witches, we figure this shit out. And then occasionally it's like, oh honey. Yeah. Like if (laughs) you, yes. But I, but then even if it, even if the indication is yes, you seem to be hexed. Now what I'm interested in is the origin of it, right? Yeah. Is it the person? Because most curses that I've come across are effectively cast by the person. They have done something. Yes. They have done something. Some other part of their soul complex has completely disagreed with it and has basically ricocheted back at it. Mm. And then it's running within the within the the biome, the the aura, the beingness of the person. And then occasionally, of course, I have come across the actual curse flung by a by a practitioner. Yes. Often towards 
another practitioner. Mm. You know, so so that's when that's what I have mainly seen. Yep. I.e. witch wars. Boring bullshit. <laughs> but but occasionally, you know, I've had to fling them off me and I've been around people who've had to fling it off themselves too. Yeah. And usually what we do is, you know, return to sender stuff. Yeah. Occasionally we would go to our familiar spirits and say, you know. You want to put, return it with a bit of a spice on worst. it? Do your thing. <laughs> Have fun with that. Carry it home. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's, you know, I usually – because I try to take this shit seriously. I, I, yes. don't, I don't want to write off these people. No, and especially when people have, you know, gotten to a point um, or worked themselves up enough that now it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. So that you could just they by talking themselves. to them in effect yeah. you can you can help alleviate exactly. that thing. Always divine on it. Yeah. But the first thing I sort of always say in the shop is like, yes, it might be, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll talk more about you know, the origins of it and then we'll divine on it. But I just want you to know, and it's similar to when people come to me with like, I feel like I'm possessed or there's something oh, wow. evil. That's a whole other That's a whole thing. other cat yeah. Bit, yeah, kettle of fish. Yeah. But um, I was going to say that's a whole other catfish. Sure. But, yeah, let's go with that. It's a whole <laughs> other catfish. Um, that's like when I say another coffin in the nail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now I just always say it that way. <laughs> I just say, look. Probably more than likely, 98% of the time, it's very rare for a real curse or a hex to have been put on anyone. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's not a small task. It's not, you know, one that can be easily done. Mm. That's also a bit, you know, depending on the situation and the person. So calm, calm your farm. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be okay. Let's, it's first steps as well. I would be cleansing, Mm, salt baths, get to the beach, whatever you can do in the meantime. Um, (laughs) Hyssop and black salt bath. Um, And, yeah, like a bit of a cleanup mentally and spiritually. Give give them a floor wash. Yeah. Give them them a bath recipe. It's about a a project then. It's about something that they're they're going now to to make and do for themselves, to take some action for themselves, and that most of the time can sort the problem out. I also often suggest if people, you know, do have a little bit of magical experience or they've, you know, been given suggestions by other people, I will uh, get them to run an egg over Mm, their skin. Totally. Yeah. So I always use a free-range egg. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be white, Mm -hmm. but white shells are usually Mm -hmm. favoured for that kind of cleanse. And start from the crown of the head and rub all over the body, including then, the soles of your feet. Please don't miss my <laughs> feet. You really have it's to. It's really the soles important. Your feet. feet. Sometimes I'll just go and have a foot, like my my feet scrubbed yeah. when I've done some real heavy work. That's my pedicure yeah. is like all I want. Yeah. So soles of your feet, and then you can crack that egg into water or the toilet bowl. Ooh. I do. That. I oh, do, do you into the toilet? Yeah. yeah. And just well, check it. So yeah. So to be clear, the checking is a whole different thing for me, but it can. Occasionally when I'm like, oh no, I'm fucked. Something's fucked. Yeah. I will rub the egg all over me yep. and everywhere and I'll do it naked in the bathroom and yep. I'll crack that fucker in the toilet bowl Love and it. I will flush it. Yes. And then I get into the shower yep. and then I do my shower do thing. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. I do a whole thing in the shower. Toilets, I mean, across the board, mm. as long as it's not going to kill the environment, I always can make clients and, and uh, students, I always tell them, mm. put it down the loo because mm, totally. it is the most... It's like goodbye. Yeah, you, it's the action yeah. of it. It's the you know it's the, the way you feel it. about yeah. the toilet. It's the way that you, yeah. So what's happening it's inside the, the toilet? It's an alchemical alembic. All of that stuff. The purge. Yeah. And that it, <laughs> the great purge. The of great purge, <laughs> and it goes down the toilet and out and away yeah. from your property, which is where you normally exactly. want to visualize things doing. It's an established groove of energy that yeah it yep. takes it away. Water is is yeah. has been flowing it's, that way. It's, Folk magic. In lots it's, of ways. It's like how um, what it's like how the 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 since the invention of the freezer bindings. There's a particular binding spell we've all heard about. Yeah. I heard about it from a kid in high school yeah. whose whose mum did it once. Love it. You know, like in year eight, he's like, "Oh, are you a witch?" My mum once did this thing where she wrote the name of someone she didn't like on Put a like, piece of paper and froze the it. The stepdad in the back. Yeah, of the freezer. and it's a, so that is. That is literal folk magic. Like it is, you know, of the it's, people. Sa- it's off the people, and the same thing is down the S bend. Oh, you know? like, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yep, yeah, the freezers, they're always the first suggestion. I've definitely, for problems I have definitely done the, the freezer thing, but I prefer the poppet. 
when, so so I used so when I was a kid, I would definitely do the freezer thing on people mm. in my in my class. <laughs> uh oh! I'm always like, look, this won't kill the person, but it's going to put a stop on yeah, their stop energy and their action and shut their mouth for sure. Um, yeah. Like, oh, that's good. I don't want to. Yeah. And it's usually a good suggestion when people are a bit wary or a bit scared of even the fact they're asking someone about this Absolutely. in a shop. So it's it sounds quite gentle. It doesn't sound exactly too too freaky deaky. You can also make you can also make it more effective, obviously, by getting the person because usually it's someone you know, right? Yeah. When you're doing the freezer thing. So what I used to do is I I used to get the people. <laughs> in my class who I was annoyed at and wanted to freeze to hold the chalk that I would take. Oh, I would, so nice. they, I, would, I would give it to them yeah. and then I would take it. It always worked for some reason. They would do this for some reason. And I would take it home and I would use that chalk that they had touched to write the name on yeah. and then I would freeze them. Love that. Naughty, naughty. I always say print the photo out, write their full yeah. name and their birth date, this, whatever you know about them yeah. and make everything you, you can possible. Yeah, bring, it, bring as much in. Attached to that. Yeah item and then that item goes in have fun with it don't use a jar with a lid it needs to be a glass you don't want to break glass in your freezer (laughs) what's another faq so so the things that i see a lot these days um by like people who are like interested in forming like a magical practice or wanting to practice some form of like witchery i see a lot of like what phase of the moon for blah blah Mm -hmm. what um um how do I make my altar? Um, what tools are essential? Um, what do you put in jar spells, mm. which is a whole thing. Oh. Like, yes, I use jars to hold my herbs and occasionally I use bottles, yeah. but apparently jar spells are a whole thing for well, people I, in the pop world. Yes. I mean, but honestly, I get it. They're jars and they hold shit. Yeah, I think it is... Um a shorthand or an overflow from like the, the popularization of um, hoodoo. Yeah, for sure. Jar spells and it's it's on the net everywhere. There's memes of how to do honey jar spells, how to yeah. do sh- – and those are some of, you know, the m- most frequently used and most wonderful spells. Yeah. Um, but it would have been canning jars. Yeah, totally. And more, more than canning jars, there were bottles. So I use bottles. bottle spells yeah. have always been it. In, I save even, my jars course, in to European put my herbs magic. in. Like, yeah. like to scoop out yes. later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I've noticed that as well because we get that question a lot at work. They're mm. like, oh, I'm doing a, um, a honey jar spell or I'm, yeah. Yeah, I guess that the would jar be spell thing has kind of. Hoodoo, wouldn't it? Yes. Because when I first heard about, the, when was the first time I heard because about honey spell jar? bottles and um, witches bottles were always something that was sort of spoken about before. Yeah, when I was young. European. Is, yeah, witches bottles were English was folk the magic thing and, that we you would know, do. Yes. You know, that's the thing that I wanted to do. And because they do. were found, you know. Yeah. But yeah, honey jar, I've done a honey jar a few times, but it was, I think it was only, I, I think it was when I started training in Anderson Ferry that my first fairy teacher started um, because there's a stream of hoodoo that flows through fairy and, and he passed on some recipes for honey jar to me. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's when I first would have heard about it. See, honey jar for me is my go-to like the freezer spell jar is or glasses. Sure. When you want to sweeten When someone. people want to talk about love yeah, in the shop, yeah. that which is another big FAQ we're going to talk about. But because everyone, of course, wants to do a love spell, which I don't do no, anymore. <laughs> one of the few things I will not do. Yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, rule of thumb, yeah. don't start a love affair with a kidnapping. Totally. Like if you love this person or you like this person, don't charm them. Totally. Not charm because I might throw a little charm. I would work on charms for myself to make sure. myself more. Um, or you could charm the situation that you would meet again. Yeah. But for me that's what the honey jar does. Yeah. So by its very nature it only will work if there is already a, a connection, a link, yes. a, link yes. a thread like that needs to be thickened and yeah, sure. it gets drowned in that sticky sweetness and it sticks them together. It helps to bind yeah. and bring them back together sure. um, and sweetens their thoughts of each other. Yeah, works, what more do you works want? with what's there already. Exactly right. And it doesn't impose feelings on, on anyone. Hear that? Hear that, folks? Brody Ann and Theo will not do love spells for <laughs> Please you. Please don't ask me anymore. Um, but yeah, no, honey jar for that for sure. Or sugar jars is sure, just great. Sure. And I will always I use often like use a brown, thick brown. brown sugar. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes molasses. molasses-y. Yeah. yeah. We want to do molasses if it's, yeah. you know, pretty sexy. I usually yeah. whip out the molasses. I find the interesting thing I will mix sometimes cinnamon in with mm-hmm. the brown sugar, and that's good. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, so, okay. So what would you say to someone, because this is something that I get asked a lot in workshops. Mm-hmm. How do I find out if, okay, no, I'll say it the way people say it. Yeah. How do I find out, find out who my patron deity is? Oh, what would you say to that? We do get that asked in the shop. So what I would say is they'll find you. There's, you don't even need one. You might not ever have one. That's okay as well. I normally, when people are looking for even just like that question and it's usually, you know, butted up against what book do I start with or where do I start? I want to find my God and I want to set up my first altar. Fuck it. Like I want it now. Um, I would sort of say start with your ancestors. It doesn't have to, it won't ever stay that way and it shouldn't just be limited to, but it was, it's a good place to start. Really? Cause it's you, what you got to work with. As witches, you want to work yeah. with your ancestors and yeah. your immediate ones will help you get connected in with some of the ingredients and some of the trees and the mm. plants and animals that your ancestors have worked with. Mm. And that might help lead you towards deities, but they will make themselves known to you. Totally. Just put yourself out there. The very fact you've opened the door and you're talking about it, that it will it will happen naturally. The other thing I the other thing I sometimes say quite seriously is this: it's not always a desirable situation because when you do discover who the term that I coined a while ago was soul god or soul goddess, mm. I, I I needed that because patron deity wasn't strong enough for me, yeah. and I actually consider it a different thing. Yeah. So for me, like a soul God or a soul goddess or a soul deity, for me, that's like similar to, or even parallel to what I've heard people from Lukumi and, um, like West African, like Yoruban traditions, like talking about like the, the crowning Orisha. Mm. Um, right. So if you actually have that situation happen to you, it's, it's, it's not necessarily easy. No, your life will never be the same. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it will and be, you'll be dedicated working solely to yeah. that God. <laughs> and sometimes Sometimes it's easy and therefore you'll have spiritual protection, Mm. like, you know. But it's not for free. It's not for free. It's reciprocal. Yeah, always. It's completely reciprocal. So that's what I say. I say things like that. And then people are like, oh. And I'm like, you know, you can actually like develop working relationships with certain deities. They don't have to be your one and only. No. And, and the way we do that, of course, is respectfully. So you research their myths, you talk to people you know in your community or online who might actually be priests or priestesses or votaries of these beings. Mm-hmm. You read the books by those people who have spent decades fucking figuring that out. Mm. And then also you spend time, yeah, We've, setting up a shrine. That, yeah. And offering them what they, what, what you they know, like. what you know they like and things like that. So, because that's a form of offering all that yep. time you're putting into studying all that yes. time you're putting into knowing their myths, if they have established myths, all the time you're putting into reading and researching. And sometimes that's an it's offering. about an, an offering of service. Yeah. So for some of my deities, their particular animals, then fundraising for that animal or being involved in animal rescue for that animal, or perhaps it's a piece of art. Perhaps you paint over and over this, this particular pattern or uh, this particular myth or who knows, because those, they, exactly. they're listening and they pay attention. So if someone starts noticing them and, and, and leaving them, you know, gifts that they are patrons of um, or, just big fans of, mm-hmm. they're going to come into your life totally. in some way. Write a song or a poem for oh. them. Sometimes like I, like I often sing to my deities and spirits. Mm. They, they love a good song. Yeah. Sometimes I dance for them. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly I probably get that notion or that reality from my Balinese culture, which is so much like there's so much dancing for the gods and the ancestors. Um, so sometimes I'll dance for them. Sometimes I'll write poetry. Sometimes because of my vocation, I'll literally f- create an entire workshop around them yep. and teach it. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I've done that for Dionysus. I've Showing done that for Aphrodite. I've done that for Persephone. Yeah. I've taught entire intensives on these beings. So certainly that. Or, you know, if you, especially if you're in a witchcraft tradition that is bound to certain deities or gods or spirits, initiating people into that, mm. that is an offering. Oh, yeah. Like, so, so that also, you know, it certainly like one of my beloveds in the fairy tradition, um, they often say that when they initiate um, a new person into their tradition, into their lineage, that's a gift to the tradition. Mm. Because, you know, when you're spending five to seven years, which is often how long it takes to train in fairy and you, and you're doing that. And the person is like their own Alembic, their own laboratory, their own, their own shrine, their own spell. And then you, and then you get to help to offer 
to offer to that person and human a moment that seals that between mm. the worlds for them, that is a gift for everyone. Yes. You know, including the gods. Mm. So the whole patron deity thing is really interesting, especially if we look at that word. What does that word mean, right? Yeah. The, the word patron. So it's like, like, because we, I think we say that because a lot of us grew up with the shadow of, or even the indoctrination of, or the culture of Catholicism, mm. which has patron saints. Mm. So people want, people have patron saints. And that, although that's not taken necessarily as seriously by everyone in the Catholic community, some, some very seriously, mm. um, but. I think in modern paganism and witchcraft, there's this desire to belong. Yes. And so I get it. Like you want to belong to a deity. Yeah. You know, you want to, you want some sense of belonging. Mm. And certainly when I started practicing, I had some of those questions, but honestly, because I grew up with gods, I was terrified of them. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go, I, I was actually really comfortable in the beginning of my practice of like, you know, I used to say mother, moon, father, son. Yeah. And that was enough for me yes. until Persephone came. And it was really terrifying. Yeah. I was really terrified. I was really unnerved, which one ought to be in her presence. Yes. And so, and then I spent, um, she came into my life when I was 15 years old and I spent the next year researching her rigorously to, to make sure. And then a year later I dedicated myself to her yeah. and, you know, 20 years later, that is still true. Yeah. So those things stick. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you'll know, don't worry. Yeah. You'll know if it's, because sometimes it's phrased not, um, I'm trying to find my patron deity. It's like, I think this God is my God and it's talking to me. Sure. Um, how do I know if it's the right one? Yeah. I'm like, you'll, you'll know. You'll know. And, and also because you might be having, a, a brief experience with sure. and they're there some for a lesson. There's some a little courtship. bit of flirting. Yeah. That's okay. Um, and even if for, I've found for myself, even um, perhaps for my uh, level of education or um, a particular um, event that I'm going through or something that I'm helping someone else with different, their, their deities will show up. And it's to help lead me in the right, yeah, yeah, in in the ways to help them. Thank you, fan. My so, sometimes gods and spirits, like when you're really close friends with another person, yeah, there's they rub they rub off yeah. they rub off on they you. Rub on you. <laughs> like Freya is one of those beings in my life. Like mm. she's definitely not. I wouldn't say and she laughs when I say this, but I'll say this now. I, she always likes. Uh, it's unnerving. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that she's a part of my inner court mm-hmm. of my court, right? Yes. But she is certainly around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any shrines to her. Like I have like fucking 20 shrines in my house, mm-hmm. but, um, but she's always welcome. Yes. You know, she's an, she's an honored guest in my home. That's how I put it. She's an honored guest in my home, as is the gray bearded wanderer whose name I'd rather not say. <laughs> he is always welcome there. Yes. Right. Um, and then I have my shrine, my established shrines to the spirits I work with, to my fetch mate, to, to my ancestors, to my gods. Ugh. So it gets it's, tiring. It's a lot. So yeah, when you're asked that, I'm like, <laughs> you might even just want to start, like, as you said, with a, a f- something that represents the divine feminine and the sure. divine masculine and, the divine and all, all in between yeah. Yeah. and, and have something that represents all of those sexualities or, or feelings for you. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it could be, it could be more like, Hey, have you considered where you live? Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's a mountain God literally in your backyard, yep. maybe start there, Yeah, you know? So that, so what you said about ancestors, often when people are beginning, the things that I care about most are, are you giving offerings to the land spirits? Yes. Are you paying attention to your ancestors? Yep. Do you have a cleansing practice? Great. Those three things. Now we're good. <laughs> yeah. And then you can start to learn how to meditate and then you can start to learn how to go into a trance and then we're going to no do other things. There's no point in wanting to learn how to speak to plant davers if every time you go out walking, you walk past rubbish. Totally. Or you see someone throw something on the ground yeah. and you don't say something or you don't pick it up. Yeah. Let's go brass tacks. Let, let's go back to, me, to the start. Yeah. So Same with no, again, we were saying there's no shortcuts. Yeah. There's always a price. Yeah. So, yeah, start with those things. And <laughs> there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. We must remember that too. So don't be too hard on yourself, but picking up rubbish is a powerful magical practice. Yes. 
um, sorting, sorting through your recycling and doing it properly and looking at your council guidelines is a magical practice doing like figuring out what kind of wet, like what kind of, uh, cause different households will have different, um, compost practicalities because yes. not everyone is going to need to have the compost like urn, mm-hmm. right. That's like churning that shit out for basically a fucking for farm. A big veggie patch. Yeah. yeah. Other people, you can actually just bury your scraps in your garden. You mean you dig up dirt and put, put the, what? Because that will, that like, that's also, you know, like. It's also an offering. Yeah, it's also <laughs> an offering and it'll make, and it'll make the soil really active. Yeah. Um, what else? You know what else? Let's go the, with the altar thing because that comes up fucking all the time, which makes well, a lot of sense. Yeah. Because a lot of books which are written by like eclectic Wiccans or um, like neo-pagans or whatever, or many, many different groups of people. Not so much in hoodoo though, I've noticed, but, but, um, they'll say something about your altar. Yeah. So what do you say to that? Hmm. Again, read the person (laughs) energetically and, and kind of, I guess it's difficult because I work in a shop Sure. and (laughs) I want to sell them things for Andrea Lachlan. Yeah. But I, but they also tell me, and we have beautiful things for altars, but they also, they have me there for a reason to, to be myself and to teach people stuff. So I'm like, you don't need a a brand new athame and a brand new chalice. You don't need a certain, like a different colored tablecloth or a different, you know, something to represent every element. It could be as simple as a stone mm-hmm. that that's next to your bed yeah. that you've painted. Yeah. Um, it, it could be as complex as a full altar um, or working altar. Mm-hmm. I should say with everything that you use in your magical practice on it. Yeah. Which will be unique, right? Yeah. For different people. Everyone will be very different. Yeah. And that's different to a shrine mm-hmm. or a working shrine or an offering mm-hmm. like place where you're giving offerings. Yeah. At home. Yeah. But I will, I would, the very basic, I'd be like generally, and and especially till you find who, what gods you like to work Mm -hmm. with or who you are going to work with in the future to have something that represents the divine Mm -hmm. or the spirit, Mm -hmm. whether that's dualistic Mm -hmm. or it's, it's one and something that represents each of the elements. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those things can double up. Right. Totally. Uh, incense is, can be both earth and air and fire. <laughs> yeah, sure. A cauldron is a great idea. Cauldron's perfect. It's like everything. It's all things. Yeah. But yeah, when people are because and and I remember that excitement of wanting to have a special place, totally. all of your own, totally. and to have your magical uh, items. It's also practical for the practice of magic. Of, like yeah. If you have, like you need the, a designated space. Exactly. And if you have a working altar, which for me means the place that I go to, to perform the magical acts that I am hoping will actually affect my reality. Mm-hmm. So, so, and then sometimes um, I will have shrines at the back of my working altar or shrines around it because so much a part of my magic and spirit work is um, waking the shrines up and yeah. giving offerings to them t- to ask them to help my sorcery and help my yeah. magic. But certainly for me, like I would say something like, you know, depending on someone's house and what they can do. Cause some people live with their parents yep. and things like that. Um, I will say if you possibly can, the presence of fire, Yeah, you know, because, because certainly for me, while- that is what makes that space. Totally. Always. And in a lot of cultures and a lot of magical traditions, the, the literal presence of fire is so important. Yeah. So I often say like, I often say just fire often a white or black candle, Yeah. Um, you know, the black for the void and the light to come out of the void or the white, just because, you know, you can use that for anything. All, yeah. Um, and also I will say an offering bowl. Yeah. So nice. sometimes I'm real simple and I go, Hey, why don't candle you start a with bowl. a candle and an offering bowl? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and then maybe if you want, you know, then I would suggest, you know, make an ancestor shrine. Mm. That's actually the <laughs> yeah. first, the first thing frame some, say. frame some photos. So do you, do you know any of your yeah. family or even for me, I say the ancestor altar can also be the glorious dead for you. Yeah, that totally. People who've influenced your life, artists, things like that. And people, you know, um, mightn't have heard that before. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, gets ancestors of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is totally that is totally a thing that people, you're right. People get, people almost, because a lot of oh, people have really traumatic relationships with their bio families. Yes. And so a better way to get in, of course, is exactly what you just said. The glorious dead, the mighty dead, yep. the ancestors of inspiration. Yep. Um, because what are the that, artists, the people that have changed your life? What's, you know, 
all of that needs to be there too. Totally. And we've all been, like not some people are very blessed to come in with their mums or their grandmas yeah. and their dads and and buy things together. Like, Well, that was um, me and my mum. It's so beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. So, so beautiful. Like even now I'm like I get all teary when mums come in or nanas come in and, and uh, or nana and granddad came in with a young lass and got her all set up with her first grimoire and so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and she was saying how she'd been given uh, her grandmother's tarot cards. Mm. And I was like, that's beautiful. And you're so lucky to have that. Some people don't have that. Yeah. And we have had to hide things. And I mean, I, I was lucky I didn't have to necessarily, but for a long time as well, I shared with my sister. Mm. So there's different circumstances in every mm. baby witch life, but sometimes yes, it's got to be something that you can pop under your bed or pop under your pillow and... Yeah. And then there's the traveling altar thing, which I Mm. figured out because of just traveling so frequently, which for me, I would anchor a lot of magical potency and anchor portals to certain spirits into jewelry. Mm. And I would just like have it in rings and bangles. And so often when I'd get on to the plane, I would be like (laughs) dressed to the nines and rings and um, bracelets and uh, like five necklaces. And then though, and then I would take them off and then, and I could form them into an altar. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So, so that's a thing that I, it's just easy to carry. You can also wear it on your body. They can also make you feel safer and secure while you're on a plane. (laughs) All the charm for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And all the whiskey. (laughs) I look like an old Balinese grandmother when I'm on a plane. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. So here, yeah. So let's go with this one. This is a frequently asked question. I get quite a bit. I don't like my ancestors. They're all fucked. Oh. I hate my family. Yeah. Often for good reason. Yeah. Um, what do I do about ancestor work? So that's something that gets asked quite yeah. a bit. So again, like what we were saying, it can be your chosen family. It can also be your glorious dead. And a lot of people, because of um, circumstance um, might not even know who their totally. family was and might not, you know, have a photo at all. Mm. Um, and for me then it's I would go with those ones, those people that we are drawn to. Mm. Um, and perhaps there is like an archetypal figure mm. that you can use mm. for um, the mothers of your lineage, mm. for the fathers of your lineage. Like um, there are always beautiful statues available of like, our Lady of Guadalupe sure. or things like that that could be used in place of those. Mm. Um, I'd say you you get this. There are no rules here. If you want mm. rules, go to fucking church. Here you create your own. Sure. So don't um, you don't have to know who they were. They know you is what I'd say totally. in the shop. I said if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Leave water for the thirsty yeah. spirits. Let them know that you're grateful for all of yeah, their like lives and sacrifices, them. like candles for them, and they will begin to introduce themselves. Yeah. You don't have to know their names or faces Ask at them all. to come into your dream. Yeah. The, the thing that I think is great language around this that I think, I think it was developed by Daniel Four, who wrote Ancestral Medicine, um, or maybe he got it from somewhere else, but, but he talks about well ancestors and unwell ancestors. So okay. certainly, certainly there are going to be in everyone's lineage, unwell yes. ancestors or the unwell dead or the hungry ghosts. Yes. But then there are definitely also going to be well ancestors, ancestors who are well. And so sometimes it's important later when, when we've got our connection to our lo- beloved artists and beloved activists and our, you know, those great archetypal witch mothers and witch fathers or whatever, mm. like, or saints even certain yeah. saints. Um, but there comes a time when I believe one will have to face um, not necessarily the stuff that will um, be literally traumatizing to face, but at least being like, hey, I actually do carry all of those lineages and I'm A-OK a- and wonderful. Yeah. And I don't have to take that crap. I remember reading in Jambalaya by Louisa Tish a long time ago, there's this method. She gets like, like old rusted pennies and things because like so so many coins are made with copper Mm -hmm. you leave them out you get them all dirty and grimy you take them out to a dank part of the crossroads or a forest or the bush and you throw all those coins out and you say something like you know be gone wicked spirits or something but Mm. basically there's a method or a ritual in that book in jambalaya um, which was written in the 80s i believe um where she basically says you actually don't have to take on those ancestors you can actually just be like nah fuck yeah I love myself. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, cause some of these people are pedophiles and, and, um, rapists mm-hmm. and, um, fucking sociopathic narcissistic abusers. Yes. Like this is also, yes, they're human. Yes. They're divine, but yes, they're fucked up and, and you yeah. don't have to focus on them. And you, but you have, you have foremothers and forefathers and ancient grandparents yes. who love you beyond all reason. They love and you. You are living their yeah. wildest dream. Exactly. And they're the ones who've got you. Yeah. So you can open the way for them. You can bypass those fuckers. Yes. You can. You, we all obviously still have to work out. You'll have both. Shit. And eventually, yeah. you know, after the altar and, and some of the fun stuff comes a lot of shadow work yep. in, in your early yeah. years of magic. After the altar and the patron day. Then we have to yeah. like, all, the, all the fun stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, you're so right. But it's something that we don't, I don't launch into in the shop. But I definitely do. I do need to think about that. Can you name me three of your demons? Go. <laughs> That's the other one. I've got a demon inside of me. Yes, honey, we all do. We all do. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm like, and then they're like, what? what do you mean the word demon? Let's, let's have a little, let's unpack this box. Let's unpack the demon box, shall we? <laughs> I mean, what's that? Like, it so annoys me that, that early Christian writers and early Christian apologists and early Christians took that sacred Greek word daemon, mm-hmm. which means spirit. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it means little divinity and sometimes it actually just means God. And they, and they used that word because they thought anything that wasn't Christian was, was evil. evil. So they took that word knowingly, they knowingly took that word. The first, I think it was, I think Greek was the first language that they translated the Bible into, wasn't it? Because the Bible's written in Aramaic, isn't it? And then they translated it into Greek. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, all the Gentiles, St. Paul, all of that crap. Anyway. Just so all the rich people could read it and no one else. Yeah. And so they, they, they put it into Greek and they used the Greek word daemon. Yeah. Which we now say demon. Yeah. Which is kind of good. So it's pronounced differently. I think we, it's good yeah. to pronounce it you, you differently. Because so, there's daemon and demon. But, uh, but the, is that an insect? The cicadas just kicked in. Oh, just sounds so weird. Um, but the little demons. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, so often I say, oh, so, what do you, so often I ask, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean, mean by that? You? And yeah. they're like, oh, I have an evil spirit in me. And then I'm like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, because actual legitimate infestation and, and, and obsession mm-hmm. is another word that I, that I use and other people will use. It, it can happen, but again, it's on occasion. Yes. Um, I definitely have seen walking down the street, people who have obsessions. Yes. I see that regularly. I wouldn't say frequently yeah. because look, there is so much crap going on in this world that of course there's going to be thought forms and entities um, often they break off our own soul complexes yep. and they form their own they lives their own- and sometimes they're intergenerational curses mm-hmm. and, and they can feed off us if we are not mindful and diligent and cleansing and, yep. and grounding and laughing and living um, and, and, and saying no, mm. you know, the, and things like that. Saying yes to what we mean. You can get one you know, over on people. Exactly. And I think that's part of the origin in some ways or the mystical teaching of the witch's imp. There are the witch's imp. You can retrain your demons. So one, so one of the techniques I use um, for, for demon work is when I, when I have an advanced student is I get them to fill, is I get them to like go into an altered state, align their souls. We start to trance, I start to drum and I get them to imagine, feel, sense and remember that they are a titan. And they're so expanding their edges, expanding, 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 expanding. And then I get them to look through themselves mm. and I say, find the demons. And then they go find them. I'm like, go talk to them. What, what job is that demon doing? Is that, is that demon doing a job that you had them doing when you were seven, when you needed them to do that job and you never communicated or thanked them for doing that job that, ha- that literally helped you survive. Mm. And they are still doing it because that's all they know. Give them a new job to do. Yeah. So that's like the retraining of the witch's imp. Give them a new job to do. And it's not necessarily as easy as saying, hey, demon who helps me withdraw um, and protect my inner spiritual core because I had an abusive father. Yeah. Like that, you know, do this, do that, because you're going to need therapy as well, yes. right? When in demon work and shadow stalking, professional counseling and therapy is a great partner, almost a necessary partner. And so, 
in that work, as we go through those steps of retraining ourselves and our fragments and our soul pieces and our imps and our demons, we can then start to come back into like a constellation of coherence is what I would say. But that's hard to say to someone you just meet. Yes. So that's something I say to someone I'm teaching. And who's investing themselves in in, yeah. Yeah. But like, but the whole, like, I don't know, what do you say? I kind of find this the hardest actually yeah. because you have to battle through worldviews. Yes. So what do you do? Because maybe they're Christian and. Yeah. So I'll, I do start with the same. I'm like, what does that mean to you? Um, and what, what, what is, do you feel is happening to you? And then always followed up with that same thing about 98.9% of the time this is not a thing, mm. not in the way that you're thinking of it as, as an external spirit yeah. that Leaching. does not have physical form mm. that is inherently evil, that, that is, is inside, inside of, of you and <laughs> sucking your, yeah. your vital life like, out of you. Like the bacteria in your body. Or is it, to- <laughs> yeah, like the things that are actually alive inside of you. Um, and also gauging their, their mental health as sure, best I can. Sure. Obviously I'm not a professional, but yeah. this is what we do. We're scanning. scanning. We scan scanning energetically and also for, you know, um, beliefs. Beliefs, exactly. And I say, look, and that's the framework with which we move forward. Totally. It's hard because, yeah, like like yourself, I don't feel that necessarily this is a, a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially if you have the tools to work with it. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, of course, if you don't have support network or you haven't, you know, committed yourself to to sort of working through some of those issues, we all have them. Totally. Um, but as far as people coming and going, I believe I have a, like a, an evil ghost mm. that's inside of me that's doing mm. things. Is it speaking to you? Is it telling you to do things? Mm. Then that's another, that's a, a different mm. conversation as well. Also complex, yes. complex conversation. Because the, because the reality. To, do you have a doctor that you're sure, to or sure. a therapist you're working with as well? But I, but because I, I have friends who are witches who, who have, who, who live with schizophrenia, for instance, yeah. um, or I have friends who are spirit workers who live with depression, um, you know, and that doesn't necessarily even mean that the person, that that, that doesn't mean that every at all. It doesn't mean that every spirit they hear has anything to do with that, but it does often mean that that's part of their landscape. And so, but what I've noticed about people who either have diagnoses and are managing it and living with it and working with it is if there's a, there's a lucidity, there's a groundedness and often, and often the magical techniques that they're practicing plus their therapy, plus their medicine, it's all helping, right? It's all helping. Um, but yeah, the, the, the thing about belief I think is really challenging because often either I'm in a class or a workshop or I'm, and someone's bringing this up and I'm like, Hey, so I just want to clarify, I'm a witch from an animistic background and I don't experience the world in a dualistic way. Mm -hmm. So I don't, can't relate. So I often just am very clear. I can't relate to this worldview where there's absolute good and absolute evil fighting it out over our souls. I just can't relate to that. So, so knowing that, what do you mean? Yes. So I put, so I clarify my positioning because if they, if they're looking for a Catholic priest, which clearly I'm not, if, or if they're looking for someone who has a dualistic mindset to confirm their dualistic mindset, they're not going to find it with me. Yes. So I clarify that. Yes. Right. Because sometimes those people, they just want someone who's going to say, yes, you do have yeah. a demon and I'm going to exercise it for you. There are some people who even if you do make suggestions or you are trying to help or you do refer them to, to specialists or to, to other or support spiritualists yeah. or to mediums that you know or, you know, um, priests, sure. druids, you, you might know what you think this person could benefit from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Complex shit, honey. It is. You don't want to – you do want to be upfront in that you might not be the person to – best understand what, what what they mean. Yeah. Something that I do often, almost every time when I get someone um, asking me around uh, ghosts, hauntings, exorcisms is when, when I can sense that there's an actual gravitas behind it mm. is I will say, Hey, what I can do for you is I will read and I don't charge them for this. Like I will read on this situation. Mm. I will use your email as an object link. Yeah, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to drop my cursor into it as if I'm replying. I'm going to pulse with that cursor. I'm going to go into an altered state looking at it as if I'm replying to you. I'm going to read the cards. I'm going to vision and I'm going to check if it is mine to do. 
Yes. Because it's sometimes not mine to do. No. So, and then, and then if I can see that something's up, what I often do is I refer because sometimes it's someone else's that I knows to do. Yes. So it's like, that's an important thing as professional spirit workers, as you know, it's like sometimes it's just not our shit to do. No. And that's just as important learning that and, and um, making sure that you um, hand people over in the right way. We all have different, we all have different specialties and we all have different skills and there are just like, like often the, the kind of people coming to me, I'd, I'd get a lot of this, a yep. lot of this, um, uh, like exorcism, like, uh, haunting, yep. uh, that, that kind of shit. See, if it's hauntings yep. and I say, I'll sense that straight away. Yep. I can let, I can, it's easy. Let's work on that. Mm. Here, take this. We need yeah. to do this, try this take a few of these, call me in the morning. Totally. Normal ghost bump in the night stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Can do. Psychic echoes. Yes. If it's, um, yeah, in a daemon work yeah. or shadow work or ancestral trauma, which comes up a lot, yeah. um, manifest, mm-hmm. then that's something else. Totally. Yeah. That's part of the job though. It is part of the job. <laughs> and it's, and, and it's... trying to be open and trying to be um, compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um Empathetic and discerning. But without and discerning mm. while also taking care of oneself and totally. one's own energy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Just, just another day in the office. Yes, it is another day <laughs> in, the, in the witch's office. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Some days I would. And this look, this is not a gripe uh whinge <laughs> podcast yeah. about it. We're yeah. so bloody lucky to get to work in, in what I feel is our well, yeah, I'm destined. I'm happy field. to be doing the job I love. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> but it sometimes it's, it's hard. Okay, we love you. This is part one. Okay, we're moving into part two, but we love you. Thank you for tuning in to episode thirty-nine, Mother Lovers. Talk to you soon. Bye. We lay upon the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky. This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.